Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we have another patch show for you this week. We're going to be talking Whitecaps. They lost. Whitecaps 2. They lost. Vancouver FC. They lost. Canada. They as well as lost, really, finishing second in the group. So it's going to be a joyous show that we've got this week, Zach. Well, we'll try and keep it as upbeat as we can. How's your week been? Non-football related. Uh... Did you have a nice Canada day? Dude, it was the weirdest Canada day. I did like nothing. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah, we didn't, didn't do anything. Right? Well, we, we took the dog out for a walk in the morning spent to try and beat with, the crowds. But Spent time with my family, watched some football, played some games. Did we go kick a ball? This? No, that was the day before. Uh, yeah, literally. Had some nice food. Did some house cleaning. Did some, you know, kind of summer, spring kind of cleaning stuff. But no, it was very subdued. It was nice. Yeah. It was I, nice I, not to go out to do a big thing or go with a whole bunch of people. I mean, I've been, uh, I did it on Sunday, obviously, but um, yeah. I I toyed with going up to the the not some more Whitecaps games, um, but again, I had something on in the morning that was going to kind of run into the start, and it was a long way to go, so I didn't go up in the end. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just quiet as well, just quiet weekend really. Of course, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 4th of July. So to all our American listeners, happy Independence Day. Great movie. (laughs) I actually saw that movie in Toronto. I was on vacation when it was released and I went to see it in, in Toronto. And it got to a bit of the end when, I can't remember who it was, but someone went, don't worry, lads, the Americans are here. And there was just this, like, oh, in the theater, everyone in the theater. I don't, I don't remember liking. I think I've only ever seen it once. I don't think I liked that movie that much. I just like Alien. It was a huge blockbuster, I know. Yeah, but but. I mean, it's an okay film. But like this, a lot of these films. This is a discussion I have with my wife. A lot. It just they go on too long. Action films for me. I've got the same complaint about like some of the Marvel films. 
some of the other superhero films, like Lord of the Rings, the later Harry Potter films, the, the Fantastic Beast films. Everything always feels like 30 to 45 minutes, just too long for me. I like, I like when it's done well, I like, I like longer films, but you're right. There are some that are not so good. The Lord of the Rings. I love the extended. Cuts. Yeah. So like, the extended cuts of that are fantastic. That's I think maybe one of my exceptions to the rule. Cause it really added stuff to the story. Mm-hmm. I felt the early but, Harry Potter films as well. I liked, I thought they were good. They were a, a good length as well. I haven't watched the Batman. I've had it on oh, the PVR for ages. Cause I know it's three hours. I, it's worth watching. It's um, like DC. Obviously, I'm I'm much more uh, I, I like Marvel much much better uh, in terms of their films and even the comic books. Although I have read very little DC, but um, I just think I think well, yeah, DC has not done a good job outside of maybe the, the original Batman and the Nolan films at at at, at making. A couple, a couple others were okay, but like I'm making a cohesive like universe, and so um, this Batman one is a again a new thing, a new kind of universe, its own mm. kind of thing, right? But it, it's it's worth watching. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's different. Um, it is longer. Uh, the pace is different, but um, I think it's actually fairly well done. I, it's not it's not my favorite Batman movie ever, but it's it's worth watching. I've heard good things about it and like, i don't mind I reboots think, i don't mind I, the, the new universes when you're old like me you've been through it all the first batman i ever watched was the the 60s 89? campy oh, yeah. one that was on adam tv west. all the time when i was a kid growing up yeah it's adam west yeah. no th- this one is i think is up your up your alley i think you'll like it i loved the joker as a film because that was again a different yes. kind of yeah this is I, more. I love the like series that. Gotham. I thought that was a very underappreciated series. It was so good. I have not watched. I watch. No, I haven't watched a lot of DC TV stuff. Ah. Um, but uh, I watched a little bit of Arrow and a little bit of Flash. Flash is always funny because their Star Labs or whatever was like. I'm like, yeah, that's. I've been in that part of BC place. Oh, I I know. Like when you're watching it, it's like, oh yeah, I know where that is. I I yeah. love all that. But bringing it around to football, did you see? The MLS, Adidas, Marvel tie-in. No. No, you haven't? No. Oh, right. So MLS, Adidas, and Marvel have brought out a Captain America-themed unisex warm-up tops that are part of the trio's superhero-inspired collection. So MLS have superhero stuff. So... they first launched uh, last month, June twenty first. So it's a three part collaboration. So I'll just I'll just read the press release basically. So the th- the superhero inspired apparel officially launches with an Avengers inspired bespoke warm up jacket, pants, and official match ball that will be used at the All Star game between the oh. MLS All Stars and Arsenal on July nineteenth in at Washington D.C. A Captain America-themed unisex warm-up tops will drop later in June, which they now have, followed by Avengers-inspired tops in August as part of the League and Continental Tires' efforts to raise awareness and funds for the Childhood Cancer Awareness Month in September. Yeah, the ball is interesting. I'm looking at Mm. the pictures now. The jackets just basically have the the Marvel logo and Adidas and MLS logos. The jackets aren't anything special, really. 
No, the ball, like the ball, if, the ball is not interesting. If the White Caps were playing in some Marvel themed jerseys, I I would buy that. I think I'd I'd love that. They're not, but if they were, because obviously they can't really wear Captain America. Could get Julian Gristle to do it. Yeah, these are interesting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting collaboration. I thought you'd have been all over that. I don't I don't know how to miss the movies because I don't really care about Yeah, MLS. I know you don't care about MLS too much, which is Oh, a there's shame. the ball. Oh, the, the Captain America Shield ball is not bad too. Yeah, so it's that's nice. not I quite like that's that. Better, that's better than the one with the images on it. Yeah, it's better than a lot of the balls that, that they they have as well. So no, I, I quite like that. I mean Captain America's not one of my my favourite things, but it does have Thor on it as well. On the which, ball, yeah. The next part we're going to talk about Vancouver FC and their latest signing, which was on Twitter by the club with magic is coming. And it was a, a silhouette of what I thought was possibly a disabled Thor. Which no, it was a jersey in his hand, man. He, yeah, he just but, dropped his jersey and was celebrating. But then, when they said magic is coming, and I was like, oh, they're known as the dark side. That can only mean one thing. Voldemort, Bob Bradley, new head coach in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. You tweeted Bob that Bradley out, right? Coming. Yeah, but it, it sadly wasn't. But we'll get into who that was in the next part. In this part, we're going to be talking MLS, mm. Zach's favourite topic. He does at least watch the games for the benefit of the show. Because we're going to be talking Whitecaps, Kansas City. We're not really going to be talking Whitecaps to Kansas City too, because they got spanked 7-1. That was not a good game or performance. Yeah. We'll be talking MLS. What, what happened? What happened in that? I, defensively, it was not a strong defense. Did you watch it on? That's on MLS. No, Apple I didn't TV, right? actually. I'd forgotten it was on. It was the early kickoff and I was watching, I, I was watching something else. I was watching the Vancouver FC game. Oh, right. I just saw it on Twitter and I was just like, oh man. Yeah. They, they've been in a bit of a dip. I fell for you because I know how much you love them. Yeah, defense. That was not a good defense that was out there for them. Um, but getting back to the MLS team, that was not a good defense that was out there for them. <laughs> it was not a good performance. <laughs> I, I had it as my headline as from heroes to zeros. Oh, yeah. I saw. Which Greg Petrie, who we were talking about. What's he, up, Greg? He said, oh, part of that comes into, because of things that Vanny says, which is basically why I went from heroes to zeros. Because Vanny's good at going from one end of the spectrum of, we're capable of beating anybody, to, that was a terrible performance. We couldn't beat anyone in this league if we play like that. Well, that's that's part of the rock, rock star life, isn't uh, it? Uh, yeah, and he is a rock star now. Well, are Nickelback considered rock stars? Anymore, I probably not. But I, I do. Uh, I, I don't mind the Nickelback song "How You Remind Me." I think that's a great song. It has kind of special meaning for Caitlin and me because it came out just as Caitlin and me were dating, and when she'd first moved to Scotland, I took her to see Nickelback as a Canadian right. band, and we're our still Lady married. Pe our Lady Peace wasn't playing. No, um, we did go to see Our Lady Peace, but that was supporting Avril Lavigne. Oh, the uh, the whole. I've ever told that story in the show. We got free tickets for that because the band interviewed us because they loved oh, yeah, the love did. story. You, you, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, the uh, the whole Nickelback thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into the Nickelback, but um, the uh, 
I think I think it was I think it's great for the club. I think great uh, like advertising oh, portion of, of the club. I think there's some people who are like then use it to jump on him. You know. Oh yes. After the match of the weekend, which I thought was ridiculous, but um, I, I mean on the whole, I mean it would to me it would be better if he was uh, uh, an ace tactician and a rock star at the same time. And I think he's, that would help. He's probably he's probably only closer to one of those than the other. Um, He's closer to Ace Ventura than (laughs) Ace Tactician, possibly at times you could say. But no, but no. And all serious, like all joking aside, like I think, I think that uh, I think the marketing department at uh, well, I was going to say at Water Street, but it's not Water Street anymore. No, they're in the bowels of BC Place. Yeah, there you go. I think the marketing department was just like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, I mean, it was fantastic, and the band all got like whatever you think of Nickelback. They are a big band. Like any band that's still playing Rogers Arena, this into their career, they they still have fans, and they've been at the Grey Cup and various things. I have two of their albums. Never play them, and they're in my box of albums to get rid of at some point. But I do have two of their albums. They used to live right right down the hill from where I live. Uh, yeah, they apparently they're still. Apparently they still when they come to town occasionally and shop at this one place and every so often people I see people posting. Is like, it oh. Black Pudding Imports? No, no. I'll, I'll be heading there next week when I, I head out to something. Uh, oh, Willoughby. that reminds me. I, I, there's another thing I need to tell you later about later. Oh, you're gonna you're yeah. heading there before the match. Uh after. It's gonna be open after. No, no. It, it's next it week. Won't. I'm going. Oh, okay. A, a closed-door game. Oh, that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I've just spoiled it. It's a closed-door game. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the Whitecaps. From heroes to zeros. It was a, a horrible game. It was a pretty horrible performance. And Sporting Kansas City, who had picked themselves up, but then were going into this on a three-game winless streak... And then the Whitecaps are going into this on the back of a performance for the ages in winning at LAFC. What could go wrong? This game was one yeah. of them. Uh, it was a comfortable 3-0 win for KC. They'd have been as well just forfeiting the game and not what even God. bothering. And just like getting the 3-0 defeat anyway and saved all wow. that money on charter flights. I'm, I'm being, I know, I'm being do they, take, do they take a charter? But they, yeah, as far as I know, they're chartering still everywhere. Oh, because of... COVID and stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh. What, what I will say is, if you, like, going into this three-game road trip, Colorado, LAFC, Sporting Kansas City, I would have been happy with four points coming out of it. I was looking for a win against Colorado, a draw with KC, and I didn't expect anything from LAFC. So obviously the Colorado game, weather postponement, hmm, that sounds familiar tonight. We'll come to that shortly. Um, Got the win on LAFC. So I mean, three points out of six. If you said you're going to take three points out of six against LAFC in Sporting Kansas City, I wouldn't have turned my nose up at that. But I think because of how well they played against LAFC, it kind of feels like a bit of a letdown now uh, going to KC. It's, yeah, it's a massive letdown in terms of the result. 
although they were missing like significant, significant they, pieces. They were missing six players, but KC yeah. were missing seven. So I will not have that as an excuse. Yeah, but Johnny Russell was there, so. True. I will have that as an excuse. <laughs> um, we, we, we won't delve into terms of the, the game and the goals, but like the 1-0 goal, Remy Voltaire, lovely finish from him. But you have to question the fact that he was allowed to run through two Whitecaps defenders. But I, I was on the post-game show uh, on AM730, and this is something that we're talking about. The guys had raised it, and then we talked about it as well. Kinda does superb on this goal. Mm-hmm. Powering forward, the little touch inside to set Voltaire up. But he should have been dispossessed at the halfway line. There was a tackle that could have been made, maybe not won the tackle, but at least knocked the ball away, knocked it into touch. And it was a weak tackle that then allowed Kinder to just go on that run and, and set up the goal. And it was it was finished superbly. So you're disappointed at that. You're disappointed that no one was tracking Voltaire in his run. That he was allowed to run through two defenders, partly because they'd pushed up so much. And that was a disappointing one. The Polito one for the second was really the, the killer. And if Polito, I mean, I think it was, oh, I can't remember who it was now that had a chance to put it away in the six-yard box and just couldn't connect. And then it runs Oh, the through. slide. It was a nice yeah. slide, yeah. Then it runs through to, yeah, to Polito who finishes. It feels worse because, yeah, Polito's so wide open to just, just finish it off. Yeah, your I, MLS player of the month, just leave him at the back post. Yeah. Kinder, man, is returning to his previous... Yes, looked hungry again, form. like, from a few years back. He he was a guy that really dropped off last year, but he looked so good in this game. Yeah. And then the German player with the name that I love, Eric Tommy! We will teach you Tommies! The war will be ours! Always back to the war. Yeah, you, you do know that in all the the sort of UK films about the war, the Germans refer to the Allies as Tommies. I don't know that I did. Ah, so yes, it's that. like oh, see you, Tommy. So just a, a German called Tommy just makes me laugh. Obviously, no one else. But anyway, that was the killer third. I mean, the third the, the third goal in the game was obviously going to be the crucial gate goal because if the Whitecaps had got it, they were right back in it. But you're seven, eight minutes into the second half, and then again, it's a a nice goal, but you kind of have to question the Whitecaps, and they just seemed a little bit out of sorts. They just didn't feel competitive in this game. They did not feel at the races at all. Yeah, and and I mean I don't know all the guys who were over Kansas City, but. When you take Gressel and Ali Ahmed, although I know he's coming, was kind of coming back off his, uh, coming back into form off the, yeah. the injury. But I mean, even Javane Brown has been a staple of the back sure, line. Javane Brown, but especially in the both in the midfield and kind of going forward, like those are two of the more dynamic players in the in the team who are not just dynamic, but who do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of, uh, like you said, winning back the ball, pressuring the ball. Um, uh, I th- those are two, I think, massive, massive holes um, that were, I-, I think, really noticeably missed. And yeah, I guess Surveying Brown, to a different degree as well, has been in good form. And so, 
yeah i you you hope for you hope for Vanny and um and then the coaching staff that they're able kind of just kind of like wash this one away and kind of move on you know like this there's no residuals from this yeah i i think they will and we'll, we'll come to the stretch that's coming up for them in a sec I mean, once they went to 3-0, Casey basically just comfortably saw out the game. They dominated possession. I mean, Vancouver had 11 shots. Only two of those were on target, but one of them was blocked. So there's only one save Mm -hmm. that one of the worst goalkeepers, in my opinion, in the league had to make. Oh, yeah, and that was after. You figured they would have taken more shots after uh, Cordova knocked them out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I for, had forgotten about that. I didn't put that down in my notes. What did you think on that? Because I, I said this on the on the post-game show. I think he was a very lucky lad. Oh, yeah. You and, and that I is not the meetings. first time he has had that trailing yeah. foot. You and I messaged. It was... it it Honestly, it felt a little bit like a player who knew how to leave his foot in but make it look like it was natural. Yeah. And... Well, not his foot, his leg, I guess, technically. Yeah. His, his, if, if that had been Cavallini, oh, yeah. we would have been all over it. And like, oh, he's terrible. Why is he doing yeah. this? It's like, that's no different to some of the stuff that Cav has done. I think well, he, he maybe think... didn't kick the guy deliberately in the head. But Yeah. I think he got he he was at least fortunate not to be sent off. Yeah. I, I'm really surprised. I guess they maybe didn't feel it was a clear and obvious. There was a benefit of the doubt that he tried to avoid the contact i don't think he did no i i don't i i feel i rag on cordova all the time and a big bulk of it is because we've had so many underperforming dps here and so many strikers that we've brought in that just have not performed i'm actually working on an article in that regards this week but his hold up play is looking good. But that's not what he's there for. You do not have your DP striker to be your hold-up man. No, but he is, he is still also... Contri- like he I is. mean, he has to do that at times, but we're still not seeing enough out of him. And he had a couple of looks and go and just nothing was coming off for him. I think what this game really showed, I mean, we talked about the players being away on international duty... And I, I, another player that I've criticised on and off at times, but I think this game showed how much the Whitecaps need Brian White in there. Yeah, that, that was, was a severe drop off yeah. without him. Yeah, I agree. I, I do as much as one of you know Cordova was not great. I, I think you're right. He it feels like he's been doing a lot of great things aside from scoring including some chances he should have scored yeah but but um his work so, rate is good his work rate feels better than earlier this season yeah so that's encouraging but yeah uh you know the whitecaps clearly were just missing the perfect striker in this match yeah and i mean they they had the shots they maybe weren't carving out the clear-cut chances either but i think white would have helped that i mean when i saw that white was out i was like oh that's a that's a loss they changed the formation as well. So they'd gone with a weird three at the back with Gold as a, a wing back against LAFC. It worked so well. Gold 
gets the player of the week, but then you go and change it to four at the back for this week, where I don't know, again, if this was Vanny trying to outthink Peter Vermees by saying, he's going to think we're going to do the same again because it worked so well the week before. Let's not do that again this week. Mm-hmm. But Gold was a completely different player this week. Yep. Would it not have been worth just trying that again to see if that was going to come off? Or was it just the element of the surprise against LAFC that maybe KC would have been able to counter that? Or did were the players just not there that could have pulled it off this week? I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think that you're right. The the players, uh, probably the, the makeup of the players would not have been as dynamic as they were in the previous game. And I think that Vermees and his side would have been more prepared than the, you know, the, the goats were in LA. Yeah. It, it's just crazy to me that you go three at the back against such a dangerous attack and it works. And then you change to four at the back that did not look good against a team that has been struggling. I mean, there were some positives I liked from it. Uh, It was good to see Levante get his MLS Mm -hmm. deal and then get on the pitch. And I personally was delighted for Gio Aguilar to get his MLS debut because, again, I I know a lot of folk haven't watched the twos. He has been so consistently solid for WFC2 last year and this year. He's also a lovely guy off the pitch, loves the game loves talking about the game and he's worked so hard for WFC2 he's been the captain of the team I genuinely did not think he would ever get his MLS debut because he's a bit older and he is an MLS depth player he's definitely not a guy that you would think of as an MLS starter and we didn't see enough of him we just saw 10 minutes but for him to get that moment I was personally delighted for him so it was nice to to see him on there. I do have worries about the depth of this team, though, as I think this game showed. With those players that were missing, I think we we badly need to improve. We talked on last week's show. Har had said she'd like to see another centre back, another left back. I I don't think left back is as important because we do have Ali Ahmed, Ryan Raposo. I feel after the early flourish in that position is not the answer in that position. I'd like to see him maybe get more offensive again. I do like what Luis Martins brings there, but we have to get an experienced centre-back. That's got to be something that gets done this window. Uh, is is that what you're hearing? Like, is there... No, I'm not is hearing there... anything is the, is the problem, but that's what I personally feel should be done. I just think that is the area of strength. Oh, is, wasn't uh, is there any any chance that when uh, that Kennedy comes? It looks like that... he's going to Austria, or he might even have signed by now. Oh, okay, good for him. Yeah, um, he'd probably have made more money over here as a national team player, but Herman's made it clear he wants the guys to be playing in Europe, the top leagues, ideally. Um, and then you can question how. Is the Austrian Bundesliga below MLS in quality? I think it is. Mm. I think MLS, as we spoke about before, is very underrated. But the the Whitecaps finished the weekend and they finished tonight's games in seventh, not seventh, 
seventh and final playoff spot is going to say the ninth and final playoff spot as ridiculous as that is uh, in the MLS West they do have games in hand on the teams above them but they're hanging on just now but that win for Kansas City did close the gap to one but the Whitecaps have played three games fewer than Kansas City and it's getting a bit of a logjam LAFC tonight with a big 2-1 loss to the Galaxy that's suddenly breathed new life into the Galaxy. What is it about the Galaxy in this derby that just seems to bring the best out of them? Yeah. uh, Quite the occasion too, right? This is the Rose Bowl game, right? Yeah, the 80,000 fans. They they had tweeted out yesterday, please arrive by 5.30 if you want to get in for the 7.30 kickoff, Yeah. Because there's so many fans. Now, to me, that's just like a nightmare. I hate arriving super early and just hanging about. Yeah. And I, I know I get on to folk in Vancouver for doing exactly that. I hate just sitting around doing nothing for however long. Oh, just hang out with your friends, make new friends. That's yeah. the, or, the... or you could go to a Colorado game and you just hang out covering from the weather delays and another yeah. postponed match. Yeah. No, that's what the, the World Cup was like. You needed to be there earlier in, in the stadium if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to deal with the panic and the and the whatever. Like, yeah, and it was much better to be in the ground early. <laughs> yeah, I d- just touched on the Colorado thing. So, Colorado's game against Portland tonight, if anyone missed it, was postponed at halftime because of inclement weather. So now they have to finish two games against Canadian yeah. teams. Because of the the bad weather, and it's like sometimes it's good to have a roof that closes. I was watching Wimbledon today, and they had to close the roof because of the bad weather in London. And you could hear the torrential rain just starting off the roof as it was coming down in the matches. It was like oh, absolute downpour. But you've got to feel for Colorado; they're not having a great season as it is. And now they've got two makeup games that that they have to play. They were goalless with Portland uh, at at that one, so they've got that one to make up. the The way that the West is looking, St. Louis out on top, thirty five points from twenty games played. Seattle thirty two from twenty one, and LAFC thirty two from twenty. RSL fourth now on 30 points from their 21 games, and it's Dallas, San Jose, Houston, Austin. The three Texas teams in the playoff spots. Big, big difference to previous years that we've seen. And then the Whitecaps in that ninth playoff spot for now. The wild card game, the play-in game, whatever you want to call it. The Whitecaps have their next four MLS matches at home. And there's a month's gap between March 3 and March 4 because of the League's Cup. But it's tough games. They've got Seattle. Mm -hmm. They've got the Galaxy. They've got Mm -hmm. Austin. They've got San Jose. I don't think that's the exact order. I think it could be Austin before the Galaxy. But for me, you look at those and you've got to say minimum 10 points has to be taken because they can't win on the road very much. I mean, ideally 12 is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I, the LA one, I think, will be interesting. The Saddle, Saddle one's always tough. 
will always be tough. Yeah, I mean, are the Galaxy going to start to find some form now after that win yeah. tonight? Yeah, because, you know, you a week or two or three ago, you would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a guaranteed three points. Now it's like, uh, yeah. And even San Jose, I think, is not the pushers that they used to be. No, I mean, they're having a, a, a fairly good season. Yeah, and Austin... Obviously, it was better last year. Yeah, but. and they've picked up some form now as well. So, I mean, yeah. it, these are tough games coming up, but because of that road form, and then after that San Jose game, they've got a seven-game stretch of of away matches. Absolute killer. Yeah. And for a team that's really struggling to get points, these home games are absolutely massive. And we talked about this in the post-game show as well. They need the fans to turn up. They need the fans to get behind them and to be that extra man, to be that 12th man, the extra voice, to try and get them over the line. This Seattle game, if they don't take anything from that, I'm starting to question whether they will be a playoff team. Last week I had said they could be top four. They've got to win out at home and find a way to get points on the road and they could be top four. If they play like they did on Saturday and don't take the maximum points at home, you then flip that to, are they even going to be a playoff team? Yeah. Well, I saw tonight, yeah, because they were right on the cusp, right? They're ninth right now? Yeah. They're right right on that cusp. But I think for the fans, I think there's great hope because they've seen the heights that this team can get to. Um, and so as long as which is the frustrating thing yeah so as long as they stay healthy maybe make an addition or two like you talked about um, yeah I think they they could they could go on a run I mean Vanny's had a couple years where he's gone on pretty good runs at the end of seasons right so it'll be interesting to see if he can pull that magic off although there are different challenges like you talked about with the massive I, I mean they've always they've often had in their seasons you know, a very unbalanced schedule when it comes to yeah, home but not seven but in a row. That yeah, is it, insanity. I, I, was say, I, I can't remember a time where there was seven. Um, I mean, the only clubs that's had that is ones that's building their stadium and they can't get in yeah. play home games. Yeah, yeah, but no, I, it's not. There's, I, I mean, if, if you're a fan, it's not time to lose hope. But I think it's time to get excited and, um, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's a great it's a great also time to travel there's like it's a, supposed to be i think a really warm summer so get out on the road and go so like support them on the road you've seen i felt bad it was a kyle braun kyle braun was at the game in colorado uh, i know felt felt bad for the guy um but yeah if I'm you pretty it, sure there's it, a lot of portland fans that's going to be down in colorado as well oh, they yeah, travel yeah. well down there and it's the, the big uh july 4th game as well but if you're a fan you haven't made your summer holiday plans or you still have time like go watch them on the road it's like it's one of the greatest parts of uh, one of the great it's, it's an incredibly meaningful part of football culture is going to support your team on the road and especially if you can do it and num- like the more the larger the number of people almost the more meaningful it can be but yeah um even if there's a few of you uh, it's a great time oh I've, I've always enjoyed the away games and like the only away game really I guess I've had this year is like going to see TSS uh, at Pacific although I'm going to watch TSS play not so much at Thunderbird Stadium doesn't quite feel like an away game really <laughs> but yeah it's like if you can I always enjoyed in the early days planning my trips and we'd, we'd go down to Seattle Portland flew from Santa Barbara to Salt Lake City to, to take in a terrible 
performance in that 2011 season but just seeing some of these other stadiums uh, as mm-hmm. well is fantastic and what one of the away games is in toronto if you do want to go down to the states as well hopefully they will be giving the fans something to to shout about i'm still optimistic for the season i'll see how i feel about that at the end of this this three game home stretch that that is coming up that is it though for our whitecaps chat for this episode we're going to turn our attention to the other Vancouver side, Vancouver FC, CPL. We'll be back chatting about that after this. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our new Artist of the Month for the month of July here at AFTN from Edinburgh, Scotland, an 80s band, Shop Assistants. They only ever released one album. That was a 1986 self-titled album. That is a song from it. It's actually a cover of a Shangri-La's song from 1965. And normally, I wouldn't start off our Artist of the Month with a cover that they had done. But I was going to play this on the show anyway. And then I thought, you know what? I love this band. Their first album is amazing. There's some other tracks that were released that went on the album that was on the re-released CD a little bit later that I also have. The song there, Train from Kansas City, played because ah, the Whitecaps certainly needed a train out of Kansas City pretty fast after that loss on Saturday night that we just talked about. The, it's a great band, Shop Assistants. They split in 1987. Actually, the first concert that I ever went to was a festival where they were the headliners and I actually found them uh, on YouTube from, it's just 18 minutes of the gig that they had that day, which hmm. was just captured by the band backstage on a, on a video camera. The guitarist of the band, David Keegan, set up the fantastic 53rd and 3rd record label, very iconic record label from Edinburgh and Scotland in the 80s. Had a lot of the guitar bands from Scotland at that time. Found out as well, which I didn't know, that the lead singer of the band, Alex Taylor, she passed away, sadly, in 2005. Mm. And no one knew anything about it until 2020, when they were re-releasing some demos that had never seen the light of day. And they were trying to track down the lead singer to find that she had died 15 years earlier. 
had just disappeared without trace from the music scene and just from their lives in general. So, sad way to start it, but it's a good band. We'll have another one from them kicking off part three and then some other great songs from them over the month of July. The original band that I had for July will now get pushed back into August. But you're not here for the music chat, sadly. You are here for the football chat. And we'll continue our depressing doom and gloom from the weekend results by talking CPL and Vancouver FC in this part. Another home loss sack. A narrow one this time. The action, either coming early or late in this game, I didn't make it out to the stadium on Sunday for a couple of reasons. I had something on in the morning and the early kickoff time meant I I was going to miss the start getting up there. And also, and I know you said it was nice and it was very manageable heat. Anything above 18 degrees for me, I struggle. Like genuinely, I I do struggle. Um, And because of the lack of covering, even though the press box has a little tenty cover, when I was there for the Forge game, I was still getting hit a lot in the back of the neck by sun. And as someone that's already had skin cancer after moving to this country, <laughs> I try and avoid staying out of the sun, the sun as much as possible. So games like this for me, it, it's sadly going to be a no-no. But it wasn't, for me, a very exciting game watching it at home. Now, it might have felt different for you in the stadium. I don't know. Yeah, it was actually. like, And going back and watching parts of it, uh it was a it was the it was a different feeling i'll say because it actually came away from this game like other games you came came away feeling like hey our players performed their best effort and we you know we just couldn't generate enough offense and you know either tied or uh you know gave away a goal or five or whatever and um and and and, and lost but um so the feeling was different this time not in that our players didn't give their all because it totally felt like they did but um, I like totally feel like we should have won that game, like with the chances we created, the quality. There, I don't think there's there hasn't been a game this year where we've created that many quality goal scoring opportunities. In fact, there's probably two or three or maybe even four games you could put together that did not have that many quality chances created combined, and uh, we just weren't clinical enough in front of goal. Um, and yeah, you know, I think. Callum Irving's been one of, if not the player of the season so far. I think he would want the 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 first goal, the first goal back, um, and then um, and then the second one is also uh, well. The second one, I think, if there's VAR, I think actually, if you actually go watch it, Michael, um, the second one, the ball's out of bounds before in the buildup. Yeah, I, I although if the CPL had VAR, I think there would be a, a few things from the weekend's action. That yeah. Oh yeah. That would have been Be different. called back. But yeah, I mean, it. it's tough and it's what we've talked about. It's like, as much as I like games where it's human error and the old-fashioned way, it does put more pressure on referees then when they watch it back and they're like, ah, that was a mistake. Yeah, but this was a referee's assistant and it was not, I don't think he was that, or he or she, I can't remember, or it was that far away from the from the play. Like it was, it seemed like because our, our people, I, I didn't see it because I was facing the other way, but our people were like, you could see even from from where we were, and it was like at least at midfield or a little bit. I think it was in their end actually. I think it was in the AR's end, and it was like they, they were like, yeah, it's out. And I watched the replay later, and they, they, obviously there's no replay close above it because the league would not want to highlight that. Um, but um, 
from the one the one thing you're like oh yeah this this looks this looks you know out the one it looks out and uh, worse it looks out uh, blatantly out and 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 it, at least it looks like very very much over the line like like if it, if it wasn't out it was like the japan at the world cup yes. I, but even, even that even that i don't i don't yeah i obviously you need you need a, a a replay and you and one of the problems for this for the where things are at right now with the canadian premier league is also just the limited number of cameras talked about this last week with the with the penalty conceded at valor i would have loved to have seen a, a shot of that from behind the net from the other angle because i really think he does knock the ball before he gets the player which i think then you know is at least potentially debatable whether or not it should be a penalty but um re regardless of all those things again uh i'm sorry i know i've said before i don't want to make excuses i i i really feel that we actually were the better team on the day and both well, their see, goals you say fortunate. that but vancouver fc were outshot 17 to 13. Yeah, but shots look, when target look was five to four Possession was 61 to York, 39 to Vancouver. And yeah, the most you... scary thing for me was the number of passes, which outpassed and the accuracy was poor. Yeah, but so stats are nice, Michael. But if you actually look at those chances and the quality of them, I think Vancouver's chances were, were, yeah, they, were far more was, dangerous. Yeah, there were better chances. I just felt York were cr maybe creating better in the other two-thirds of the pitch. Or playing better, rather, in the other yeah. two-thirds of the pitch. Yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, I think we gifted them the opening goal, as much as it pains yeah. me to say that. And, and and the second one, one, shouldn't have happened, but two, uh, was also extremely, extremely fortunate with how that deflection went, uh, you know, for, for De Rosario's goal. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, all that aside, the day itself, again, for me, was was great. Um, uh our group put on this this beach party theme day, which was yeah. uh, in, in. I don't know if I don't know. This wasn't really maybe publicized as much, but it was in. A, it was all came out of a response to the Voyagers Cup match, where where um, I can't even remember the player, but the York player dove for the penalty, and that's where this all kind of birthed from. It's like well, let's have a beach day when when York comes, <laughs> and um, so yeah, a great tailgate, uh, really great food. Uh, Bobby Wheels. Oh, I heard, yeah, I heard about so that good. brisket and everything. Yeah. Um, it was it was really great, and then people, yeah, dressed up and yeah, had fun and yeah. I missed that yeah. one. I'm going to country night. Yeah, yeah, not a fan. Will your cowboy hat keep you cool? Oh, actually, maybe I have heard that they're really good for the cool. Yeah. Well, and you just will look cool. I don't know <laughs> that I can pull off a cowboy hat. Well, you have to. My mum used to love the cowboy in Indians films. And she would sit and watch them, and she would have little pistols that she would go boo 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 when she was to watching. Pull, them. To pull it off, Michael, you have to take off the other hat you usually wear. But I, I, I like my Oregon beach hat. And hey, another thing I want to say about the game and uh, the the logistics around this, I think, are being massaged, or at least hopefully be, being massaged. But um, one of the interesting things, obviously, it, it, it kind of just played out a, a little bit differently after the Forge game because we won. And whatever you you saw right all the the kids and on the pitch or whatever and the celebration afterwards mm -hmm. do you remember that so um that happened michael because i think the csa and maybe you heard some of this actually the csa i think was not happy with um how 
because the media post-match media room is where the locker rooms are and there's that little narrow area and yes. all, the, all the kids and their parents are coming for autographs and to say hi to the players it was clogging that area up and making it inaccessible to the media so the I, I was just mean Felipe the stewards of the club decided to they needed to create space there so they've just let these kids and whatever to come on the pitch to meet the players so for the the oh. game where the game where it was um the, the win against Forge, it was just like they were everywhere. So whatever, it didn't really matter. But for this game, they kept the players on the field and they put the kids and the parents on like be, behind the net. And so, yeah. So if you're if you're coming with your kids or you're coming after the game, and you want to meet the players, um, you can just go. It reminded me. It reminded me of USL when I the second time I visited Rochester. The, uh, I think they were just the Rhinos then, and not the Raging Rhinos. Uh, and it was in their newer stadium that they they had built. And um, yeah, at the end of the game, they just said, everyone feel free to come down on the pitch to get autographs, meet the players. And so I had a very, very enjoyable but lengthy conversation with Bob Lilly that night who was coaching Manchester. <laughs> but it felt like that. It was just like, oh, the game's over, come down and meet the players and, and hang out and whatever. And so for the kids, you know, you can just see their faces light up and yeah. the, the beautiful I, I, of those interactions. I genuinely and... like that. And it th this goes back to, to what I've spoken about so many times on the show it's the little things like that that make people, especially kids and families, feel that they're part of of a club. And if you've got that kind of access to the players, you feel, oh, it's my club, I feel part of this. And it's like WFC2 do that so well at the end of their games and TSS at that level and stuff, obviously do it as well. I would say that there's been a number of times at Whitecaps games, more the the visiting players, like when Shakiri was here, there was lots of people from Kosovo yeah. with flags and stuff, and he spent time going over and signing stuff, like genuinely for like about 15, 20 minutes. And when you see a player doing that at the, at the top level, it, it warms my heart because that's something that those folk will take away and remember. And those little kids, if they're on the pitch and meeting the players that they've just seen, and I know a lot of the young ones are loving TJ because he's the young guy that's making the breakthrough and they, they can go and they can speak to him and get him to sign their jersey or whatever. Those are the special memories that, that you take forward as a, as a kid for, for years to come. So it's great that the club are doing that. I, I want to just go back to something you said about excuses. Because I don't know if you read Felipe's post-game piece that he did after the Valor game, but it was focusing on Afshin saying after the game about refereeing and that the club's not getting any breaks and they just have to sneeze or cough and they'll pick up a yellow card and all that kind of stuff. Which it felt like deflection because I didn't feel the team had played very well at all in that Valor game. But... I don't think he does himself any favors coming out and saying that. Yeah, except for except for the fact that the refereeing has been pretty bad. Um, now, but I will that say wasn't that, why they lost the Valor game, though, which made it weird timing for me. No, well, there was um, there was a couple. There was uh, what was it at the end? I think though there was a penalty shot. I think at the yeah, end. Yeah, but I, it's like, I still think it was a clear penalty, the one that Valor got, but. I'm, no, no, I think is that sorry, not that, what he was meaning. No, I think there was a penalty shot for Vancouver at the end of that game. As oh well. no, yes. So I think I think they felt. I think I think Afshin felt that one went against them and one didn't go for them in that game. I could be wrong. 
Um, but that's my my recollection of what happened there. Um, I think your I think your perspective of he doesn't maybe do favors to himself or or the club is maybe valid as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of making excuses, I'm talking about for like for me as a as an individual as a someone who talks about it on our on our podcast and as a as a part of the supporter community. Like yeah, to me, there's uh. Yeah, I, I, I obviously I, I'd rather we have won every game, obviously, but um, I don't know. I'm just so far I've been thoroughly enjoying the experience as a whole, and and the fact that we have won so little has not taken away from that in okay. the way that it in the way that it normally would, mm-hmm. and is not an excuse for me to whatever either not turn up or not invite friends or not continue to try and grow things in, in fact and you know i've had conversations about this um before and even even earlier tonight i'm just about there are advantages to you know things being where they are and, and growing them from from uh a smaller place into into a bigger thing as opposed yeah. to coming in with you know with uh with the, the masses and so we'll see how that you know plays out long term but um yeah, hope, hoping to take take advantage of some of those some of those blessings that come from you know things starting in this way. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. In in a lot of ways, it's kind of reminiscent to the Whitecaps' first MLS season. The only difference being they were an established side, but they were moving to a new stadium. They were moving to a new league, and even though the results weren't going well, there was always a good buzz and a good vibe at least for the first half of the season then as the results kept not coming it then became a little bit more of a grind that then kind of got invigorated again by going into bc place so it will be interesting as you move into the second half of the season if you still feel that way if the results aren't coming which hopefully they will turn around well yeah i think well a couple of things is uh a couple of things about that i think it's hard to compare them just because yeah the size wise like the white caps were were filling empire having you know quite a bit you know if it wasn't full they, they had good attendance at empire and then yeah again a bc place for those last four games of the year whatever it was it was despite the fact that you know things were going well and uh what was your name from hot dog hot dog was coaching oh and, tommy soon yeah yeah was it? Did you call him hot dog, or am I just imagining things? No, we we went on. It's all because Lord Bob had seen him buy a hot dog at Starfire. Oh right, okay. From the littlest things. Yeah. Anyways, um, oh Lord Bob, I missed that guy. Um, uh, um. But he still yeah, blogs I, about I, hikes. I, if you want to read about I know, his yeah. hikes, mm. I know he's in great shape. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, he's done fantastic. Uh no, so I mean. It's it's hard to compare them, but yeah, in one sense, yeah, I think I think you're right. It will be interesting to see what happens. The one uh, one of the things that I think a couple of things that I think contributed to the again, you might disagree, but the overall, I'd say better and more balanced performance from the side this weekend was um, Elliot Simmons' return to central midfield. I think was huge. Yeah, I was uh, starting to worry that he yeah. was maybe one of the players that was going to get shipped out. No, no, apparently I think it was just injury stuff. No, yeah, but it's like I'd been told players were leaving. Yeah. Um, Uh, And it's like not everything has been sweetness and light in the camp at training and and stuff, which we won't go into just now, but 
I think there could be some others that still still move on as well this winter. Well, well, let's talk about that in a minute. But yeah, the, on the the coming inside, I thought uh, Mickey Cantave or is it Cantave yeah. or Cantave? I thought it was Cantave, but they did say Cantave in the commentary. So, anyways, Mickey, I thought brought you just saw he brought experience. He brought um, the ability to get on the ball and, and make some things happen. You you saw a lack of, let's say, a lack of fear of of taking people on. Um, he created some stuff. He was involved. I thought I, I wish he was able able to go the the whole the whole match. <laughs> um, but um, that was uh, a really really encouraging point in terms of let's talk a little bit about the squad the yeah. squad adjustments. So, Mail Henri, uh, I'm a little bit sad that he's gone. I yeah, think. I mean we like, we talked a lot about it not on the show but just just chatting and it's like I was very high on him. Yep. Well, and you liked what you saw as well. We'll always have that preseason goal on the short side of the wall against. That was TSS, right? That was against TSS. Yeah. Yep. He'll always have that. That was. Glad he's gone. Ship him out of there. But I agree with Tommy Wielden Jr.'s assessment in that he is a player that has uh, potentially a bright future, and so they're yeah, going to continue Tommy's to invest got a good in him. And so I think that was good. And like I said, Mickey, I think is a positive, experienced player that we are obviously lacking Definitely. with CPL, CPL experience. Um, uh, Emmanuel Robe. Yes, gone is gone. Who I'm pretty sure you, you talk about some people talking about negative experience. I, I'm pretty sure he is one of the people who uh, was talking to certain people about how he didn't like how you know things were were going. I, I'm guessing he might not be the only only one, but he's definitely probably the loudest voice. If yeah, if, what, I mean, yeah. what I would say though is that there's being disgruntled players and there's being disgruntled players because you feel hard done by and you've maybe got a point or you've maybe done something that's brought things upon you. Yeah, so it's I, all about attitudes really at training is what I'm totally. getting to. And, 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 I'm, and, not, and I'm not saying specifically robe, no, but there no, has but, been things fed back to me that there has been some attitude issues at training from players that feel they should be getting way more minutes than they have been getting and just oh. not happy about it. And then... Like, if you're that player, you then go to training and you show, I'm going to yes. show Afshin what I can do. Yeah. You don't turn up to training with an attitude. Exactly. And I, my guess is that, yeah, he would fit that category. Um, uh, and I think it shows, like, a lack of maturity, I think, in or, or some might say professionalism, right, to, to not be able to cope with that. Uh, you and I have hung around uh, and know enough amateur semi-pro and professional footballers to know that occasionally they can misrate their performances or their yes. abilities or their even their attitude yeah. or their, suddenly what? going pro can make them think that they've made it whereas when you speak to a young guy like because we speak to the draft picks every year from the white caps when they say oh i know that this is i haven't made anything this is just me starting all over again that's what you want to hear that humility, that understanding of, look, you've got a long way to go and there's a lot of better players, not just in the league, but on your team than you. Yeah. So my guess is Robe would be one of those. I don't know that factually. I'm not speaking for anyone, but that's, that, I think he would fit that category and he might not, yeah, might not be the only, <laughs> might not be the only one. On the on the upside, uh, I think, yeah, there are some some players who will be who will be coming in, uh, who is, I think, 
could be very, very encouraging. I don't know if you've heard the rumors or seen some of the. Well, I, I, I've heard that there's three or four that they're interested in bringing in. So to do right. that, you have to move three or four well, really on. No, but I have. I ha the other thing which I read on Reddit was somebody who, sorry, I can't remember the name, had been speaking to one of the disgruntled players. Oh yeah, that's the one. Who, I think I'm pretty sure they were talking about. They yeah, because I think I saw it on the Fanatics Facebook, or it might have been on Discord that directed me to there anyway. But basically, some of the international players may be moving on, which yeah, is but, hard to narrow down who that is because there is a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, but there were some things in that thread that seemed uh, optimistic, not, not having to do, do with yeah. any of the things you just said. Um, but no, I, um, because we, there was the one player who didn't, didn't, uh, who signed, but didn't end up coming. Um, there was already an open spot is my understanding. So with male, yeah, I think moving, there was one. with male moving and then Kantav coming in, I think there's still one. So I, my guess is we'll see at least two players come in. Uh, and I think one of them will be, a, a striker because, uh, Amir, uh, Kinani is a U sports player who's going back to school, is my understanding. Yep. And um, and then I think we'll, we'll see a, a midfielder come in as well. I mean, Amir, they could, I guess they could sign him. I guess. Oh no! Well, yeah. Possible. I mean, they, they definitely could. Like they, they've. I know Ashton likes them. Ashton yeah. likes them and his attitude. And and I and I actually had time to speak. He came to our, he came to one of our viewings at uh, at BBC there in uh, Brookswood Brewing Company in South Langley and. Yeah, he's got, I think, a good head on his shoulders. And... I liked him pre-season. I thought he was um, excellent. The other but... thing I wanted to say, say about this... Oh, sorry, you go ahead. There's one other comment about this game I, I need to mention that you... Oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll do that first then. So I just want to give a shout-out to your boy, Anthony White. I think um, he is showing... Like I think I said on the last episode, he's showing the form that earned him the opportunity to not just have a youth sports contract, but to have a full long-term contract. Yeah. I think he's at least on a two-year deal. Um, I think it's been great to have a uh, left-footed center back. Uh, that I think that's always good, especially one who uh, has is good at playing the ball. And I, I know you can say the York defender played a role in this, but I think his ball forward for the goal for again and Sean Sean Hundell sixth goal in the league um, was was just quality. And like you're like it was very it was direct, but it wasn't. It wasn't like just route one football, like just hoofed. It was a very intentional pass forward. You know what I mean? And yeah, he, he's only going to get down better and better. Well. Yeah, I mean, but it was really, really encouraged by that. Anthony and Nick White, and obviously it's a way different level at League One BC. Actually, maybe not way different, but it's a different level. Mm -hmm. um, but they excelled. They could both easily have been in the League One BC team of the, the season. And Anthony is just going to go from strength to strength. Nick as well has, has got a, a, a good career ahead of him. It's great to, to see him doing so well and, and developing. I mean, the, there's, the, there's another thing from behind the scenes that I won't go into just now. I'm waiting to see how things play out that may shape my opinion of the, the club and directions that they're going Come the end of this transfer window, I'll revisit that. I know I'm leaving that cryptic, so apologies. Zach knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but on the whole, this squad, I think, 
and this is just me saying this, so no one has from the club has said this to me, but I, I think that there are players that if they were to do this again and just rewind six to eight months, they would not have the same players or the same player profiles yeah. that, that they've got. So now well, it's, do, do you make that change now or do you suffer the pain to the end of the season and see if maybe they do come good? Oh, well, that's another another one which I forgot, forgot to mention in terms of players going out. I don't know if you, you noticed this but or caught some of the the supposed backstory of this. I haven't checked, double-checked this myself, but this is what I was told. Um, so Gail Sandoval was not in the starting 11. He yeah. was not. He was not in the eighteen. And when I heard that some of the international players might be moving on, I yeah. did wonder about him. Well, and then on top of that, apparently Sunday he was hiking up at Lindemann Lake in Chilliwack. So, oh. so yeah, the, the 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 sentiment amongst the supporters is like, yeah, he's he's going to be gone. So, and I know what he's done, and I know. Compared to a lot of the players in the league, he is a talent that's above that. Yeah. If he can't get fully fit, he is no use to Vancouver at this yeah. point because it, they need players that can go the full ninety now. Yeah, and it, well, and, and yeah, go the full ninety, and then he just he hasn't been good enough on the pitch. I mean, he scored yeah. obviously in our first ever win, and he's he's been a joy to watch at times for sure. Um, and contributed it, stuff, but is he, he Vancouver FC's Mustafa Jarju? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> oh, no, he scored, uh, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I think the midfielder that might replace him, I don't know much about, so I don't know if it's the same profile. the The attacker for sure that I know of uh, is not the same profile either. So I don't know. But I, I was going to say I, before the season started or maybe just after this actually it was just after the season started i had mentioned that theo bear was up for transfer with st johnston yeah and he's now on a free actually agreed yeah. to part ways yeah, surely I, I, coming back to the cpl yeah I, I i don't know that he's coming here but i i would be happy to see theo bear play the second half of the season and and maybe longer but the auto a lad though so yeah he might oh yeah yeah might go with the let to go um the uh the one upside is, or not one upside, but the person who might fill into Sandoval's spot and did uh, at the weekend is is Gabe Batar, who looked yeah, I thought he looked really, good in that really, spot. really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was gonna. He had, he was the guy. I think alone had I think three amazing chances, or at least two really, really good chances, um, and looked on fire. And I was disappointed for him that he, you know, didn't wasn't able to score one of them. But yeah, it, it's. Um, it's going to be an interesting few weeks or month or whatever for squad development, squad um, subtraction, squad additions, and I look mm. forward to us having to uh, be able to talk about that more as, yeah. as it progresses and as uh, things unfold. And Well, yeah. we're going to get Felipe on next week because after the game on Friday against Halifax, he, that's going to be the halfway point of the season. Yeah. He had a really good sit-down interview with Gabe. Uh, I listened to it. It was like last week before the... Before the uh, before the weekend's game, I think it was Thursday or Friday. It was it was uh, it was a good interview. It was yeah. a much better, much better interview than Sean Sean Young. <laughs> that would have been hard. Coast to Coast FC is yes, Felipe's podcast, so definitely check that out if you haven't already. All CPL related. 
And, and I know there's a lot of folk listening to this that aren't interested in the CPL. My stats tell me that when we get to the CPL segment. But we've got some things that we're going to come up. We'll have some interviews coming up, especially with the Whitecaps being away from MLS action and maybe just two Leagues Cup games, maybe more. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I've been to the one home game so far, which we, we talked about, but I didn't give my full thoughts on the stadium. So kind of just oh, yeah. to, to wrap this bit up I just wanted to, to talk about that so when, I, when I'd come in I was chatting to one of the, the VFC head honchos Steph and she was saying what do you think of the stadium I was like I'll be nice when it's finished it does feel an unfinished stadium and I know it's not what Rob wanted I know it's not what the club wanted so we won't go into that again but it, mm-hmm. being in it it still feels unfinished I because I'm from Fife, born in St Andrews, St Andrews home of golf, used to go and watch the, the golf there a lot. So they put up the temporary bleachers at the golf course. And that's all I can think of for the stands. It just reminds me of temporary golf event tournament bleachers. Did you go down? Did you come down to the stage standing? No, I hope oh. to do that this Friday, though. Okay, and, yeah. uh, I want to kind of check things out from different bits of the stadium. Yeah. So I'm going to actually go around the grassy bit, the grassy knoll as well. Kind mm. uh, of hope to take in a bit there. And just I, I want to get a vibe for the, the whole stadium this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, the stadium is, is totally unfinished. And it's no fault of the, of the stewards of the club. Um, no, the, it, the toilet run just to, before you say anything, is terrible because it's so narrow and as you're walking to try and find an empty cubicle, doors are flying open in your faces, which is why I made sure someone was in front of me and got hit before I did. I'm I sure the little kid will be fine. I try to use public bathrooms as little as possible in my life. Um, I do as well, but I've been drinking a lot. So I never... I've. Ne- I've never, uh, so I've never been to them at the stadium. Actually, someone asked me that they're, like, they're always going to have porta potties. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they're going to have permanent bathrooms here. Oh, I hope so. Um, but yeah, so all the all the all the parts underneath the stand. I haven't been under the east stand actually. I should go over there sometime. But all the parts underneath the west stand and the south stand, like yeah, you can see where they can do stuff to make yeah. it make it uh, more meaningful and more more feel like more complete and. And whatever by putting food stuff in there or merch stuff in there or whatever, and I don't know for sure that's how they're gonna do it, but you would yeah, assume well, they, had, they had the toka thing as well. The yeah, but there's lots of places to do that that, that are yeah. not under underneath there. I think they're doing it just yeah because it's so hot or because they have the space and they can't put a they can't put certain things. I don't know. I haven't actually talked to to Rob about all the desires for that specific part of the stadium, um, but. Yeah, but for me, like when I'm in this, even though your comment is valid, I think in this respect. But when I'm in the stadium, like in my in my, in the section in the stand, the stadium feels like a stadium to me. Like it doesn't feel like St Andrews, right? But yeah. but I could understand how it could feel, you know, uh, you know, especially where the press box, especially is, the press a box, little, little yeah. tent at the yes. top of the stand. And especially that's why I want to kind of take it in from like this Friday, take it in from different angles. Yeah, just be careful though. Um, yeah, there. I had a friend who got hit in the head with in the, in the warmest with with the balls and got a mild concussion. Oh, <laughs> she's okay, but um, yeah, she we'll get her out to another game. But I, 
I just got a flashback of going to the, the Cavalry Whitecaps game and Andy Rose kicking a ball over the bar that hit this little girl who was running towards her mum smack in the side of the head. Yeah. And then to make matters worse for her, she got invited into the Whitecaps locker room after. <laughs> well, no, it's, it is, um, it is, I don't know. I, it's uh I I love I've been I've loved going to games there like it's it's been really I I'm I'm pretty sure like if if you're in that segment a section behind the goals or if you're just because it was quite isolated in the press box as well which yeah yeah Felipe, you're up there by yourself like, yeah. yeah so that's why I'll have a wander around this week and we'll we'll see where it is so we'll. Get Felipe on the show, as I mentioned, next time around, because it's going to be the halfway point of the season, that Halifax game. Right now, not looking great in the standings for Vancouver FC, but they are just six points back of the the playoff spot, and there's still a lot of football to get played. But that is it for our CPL chat. That is it for our domestic football chat as well. This show, we're going to turn our attention to the Canadian national team next. So more doom and gloom as they finish second in their Gold Cup group. And we'll be back chatting about all of that after this. Hi, I'm Ali Ahmed. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's another song from our new Artist of the Month here at AFTN for July from Edinburgh, Scotland, the short-lived band, the shambling band from the C86 era, Shop Assistants. That was a a song that probably got them the most publicity and the, the most coverage. It's called All Day Long. It was on their Shopping Parade EP, released in 1985, also on their debut album, the self-titled Shop Assistants, reached number two in the UK indie charts, and Morrissey 
said that it was his favourite single of the year. So high praise indeed. He said the lyrics could almost have made it a Smith song. Not hmm. that it was depressing, but it was, yeah, about relationships and relationship breakdowns. And I, I don't know, maybe is the relationship between the Canadian national team and their supporters having a bit of a breakdown, Zach? Because... I shouldn't do this, I know. I shouldn't read the Voyager's Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. oh boy. There's there's a lot of unhappy Canadian fans, it, it feels. Possibly Canadian fans that weren't around many years ago or Canadian fans that have been maybe swept away a little bit on the, the wave of qualifying for Qatar. Is that fair? Yeah, or? yeah like you and I have talked about before, not on the show, <laughs> Yeah, there are pros and cons to when things, uh, you know, when growth happens. Um, and yeah, the uh, one of the one of the difficult things can be when you have a whole bunch of people who are now uh, in the community who haven't experienced the some of the lows. They've come in maybe just as a part of the highs or just as being new. And so, yeah, they don't know the history or they don't know how difficult things have been or or whatever. And so, yeah, it's I mean, social media can be a, a great blessing, but also, as we know, can be accessible. So yeah. I think, yeah, sometimes places like that are not great. I would say the form for the Voyagers typically has some of the longer standing kind of people who engage on it I, I i rarely engage on on either um sometimes i'll read stuff but I really yeah i mean i'm more read. a lurker i just read i don't yeah. really post but yeah i'm it, i on one hand of course it's fair for people to be disappointed in the results lately and and how things have kind of played out obviously in the the nation's league which we've talked about extensively and and now in the, in the gold cup which we're going to talk about a little bit yeah because all that said I mean, what the fuck was that in the group stage from Canada? It's We were originally going to record over the weekend and then we weren't able to, to get it done on Sunday. So I thought, let's just, just wait till we make sure Canada's got the qualification. Going into the last game against Cuba, I was in no doubt Canada were going to qualify because it would have taken a massive upset for them not to get through. Yeah. But you look at this group with Guatemala, Cuba, and Guadeloupe, that isn't even a country. And, I mean, that is a group on paper, even with your B team, mm -hmm. that Canada should not be struggling against. And we'll get into maybe some of the ins and outs as to why and everything like that. I, I couldn't help but laugh in the, the Guadeloupe game when they equalised in stoppage time, which I know was not a laughing matter for Canadian fans, all I heard in my head was Har from last week's show going, Canada could beat Guadeloupe with you two playing for them. <laughs> I think it might have gone even worse if we had been playing for them on that one. I don't, I mean, know. I don't, think, I don't think I would have scored the own goal. No, <laughs> I don't think I would have either. Um, I mean, let, let's... We're not going to break down all the games, but no. we'll, we'll touch on all three of them. So yeah. let's start with that one. I mean, I, I thought Guadeloupe were well worthy of a point in that. And I'm, I'm actually disappointed they haven't gone through because they've played some lovely football in this group stages. 
the goals that they got against Cuba or a couple of the, the goals, the long ranges were fantastic. And they were just playing with this joy. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, it, there's been a lot of drama and a lot of interesting things happen at the Gold Cup. And yeah. uh, they're, they're one of them, including, you know, them going out. I think it was maybe 15 minutes left. The goal came in that, in that game against Guatemala that, that ultimately eliminated them and allowed Canada uh, safe passage into, into the Yeah, Nacos. but do, do you know they missed a penalty? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. a penalty after that. Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that. you'd only seen the goals, no, but yeah, they, no, no, they, they had a chance that. to go That's through right. themselves. I forgot about that. Yeah, and the penalty was, I say missed, I mean, it was saved. I, I'm yeah. always bad for never giving the goalkeepers credit. Yeah. But, oh, I, I mean, I, I've only but, seen the goals on one soccer and that penalty save. So I want to go back and watch the actual highlights because, I mean, that's phenomenal. But that first game against Canada, they came out with no fear. Yeah. And they took the game to us at well, stages. And well, well, that's probably what happens when you're not a nation. Yeah. Recognized by FIFA. And you, you have a, a good group of players who... I've chosen to play for you, want to play for you, because uh, it's where they're from or their heritage is or whatever. And there's nothing to lose, right? We've seen this from them before in this competition, right? Um, going back almost, what, 20, 15 years, whatever. Maybe it's only 15 years since they've been, been a part of it. I can't remember now. But, um, but yeah, they've they've uh, turned heads before. I remember, I think their coach, right? Their coach is Jocelyn Anglema. He used to play for them. Didn't he win the World Cup with France in, like, 98? And he played in this Maybe. Three? I, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he was in that side. He was, I think, second choice right back. But um, he, uh, yeah, I remember Canada, I think, losing to them or drawing to them or having a close game match with them when he was playing for them. And it was always so weird because he was playing for a different national team. But um, I think, yeah, now he's the coach. And it, it, so it's it's surprising in one sense. But on the other hand, it shouldn't be shocking because they've done it before, you know? Yeah. I mean, they have played well. And I mean, obviously... It was annoying, and you, you felt really pissed off at dropping those two points. But I, I, I had no concerns whatsoever. I thought, oh, well, Canada's going to finish the group with seven. Didn't quite work out that way against Guatemala, which the thing that pissed me off the most was Canada Soccer's media release and their match report that went under the headline, Canada uh, get point against boisterous Guatemalan crowd. And it's like you were not playing against the crowd. <laughs> well, it, you are. You it, are in one sense, but well, I you, agree with you. That's not. That yes, be I mean, if if we want to go all like that into yes, you're playing against a very hostile crowd. Because you but saw you're the playing crowd. against you saw... the players on the pitch. No, but the but, but to be fair, again, to me, it shouldn't be the headline. Maybe opening paragraph, fine. But the the you you saw them you saw them play today in Houston. In yes. a very different atmosphere. I, I, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to talk about the Guatemala fans because they were throwing stuff at Guadalupe well, yeah. and they had scored as well and scored the opening goal and stuff. I mean, what I will say is I thought that was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, and full, full credit to, to Guatemala and their fans. Th that, you, you thought you were in Guatemala City. It was just like an absolutely incredible atmosphere. The kind of atmosphere that you would just love to have at Canada Games. That amount of people, that hostile. It was great. And Guatemala, I feel, were unlucky just to come away with that with a draw. Well, remind me, what was the crowd at BMO for that? 
for the first game. I didn't actually see what the attendance was. I, I can't remember what it was either. It, it filled up a bit towards the end. Actually, I should have it here because I've got the I've got the Wikipedia page up. So let's have a look. Fifteen thousand three hundred and one. Right. In a thirty thousand seat stadium or twenty eight thousand yeah. seat stadium, so yeah. And I, was there complaining about ticket prices this time? Because I know there's been that in the past with Academy games. This is that the that I didn't see. Different. I've tried not to read stuff like that. The Guatemala yeah. Canada game, though, the crowd was just four and a half thousand more. Yeah, but that's a twenty thousand seat stadium. Or yeah, right. so it doesn't feel so, so feel, feels feels better. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I mean that that no no draw. We we talked about this going into it. How I'd said I'd watched this thing on one soccer, and they were saying, "Oh, this looks like a squad that could do some damage and maybe win this thing." And I said to you, I was looking at the squad on the screen, going, "There's no one that's going to be scoring." Obviously, they did put goals up today, but that was against Cuba. But that Guatemala Guatemala game, and we'll come to this in full when we we go through the end of it all, I mean, it just shows you the the lack of of depth that this team has right now. And I think all three of these games kind of shows that we have this golden generation that we've talked about now for the last couple of years. And if you take them out of it, we are no better than we probably were 10 years ago. We're getting the same kind of results that we were getting, say, 10 years ago. Struggling against Guatemala, dropping points against the likes of Guadeloupe. I would say, yeah, except for there is, I think, a better mentality. There's lots of things that are better. And there's also, I think, more hope because, and you saw this again more against Cuba than the other matches, you saw some of the some of the younger players coming through and actually stepping up. Um so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't agree with that. The, the, I mean, I, I obviously I love Canada to, to to just, you know, win it with this group of players. But um, I think there are pros to take from this this tournament, even in the group stage, even from failure, even from you know, what some of the players have haven't done. Right. Like or how they haven't performed, I should say. Um I think like even Borean's injury is a bit of a blessing in disguise, right? That yes. Sinclair finally got a game and Although think... <laughs> that that penalty he gave away today was the first that was the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah wasn't yeah. great. No, but but it didn't also it didn't cost them the game, at least, no. right? Like I mean, Borean... I, I, I will admit when Cuba got that and scored, I was cheering. You really? can take out yeah, you can take away my Canadian citizenship application now. I I I just thought this is going to be hilarious if Cuba get a draw here. Weren't you wrapped in your Canadian flag, baby? Oh, that was just in Canada Day. That was for the, oh, uh, my special it. time with Caitlin. <laughs> the special time with Caitlin being she gets a nap upstairs and I sit and watch football all day. In a, in a Canadian flag? Yeah. Which is also basically every day, really. Was that a part of your wedding, wedding vows? Yes. Uh, I made sure that that was in. To love, honour and let Michael watch as much football as he wants. <laughs> well i no, like yeah it, i get people's frustration and like I, I as much as i haven't read the social media stuff i'm in a couple of a couple other places where there's conversations with uh, some old and some new Canadian fans so i've definitely seen some of the same type of comments you've seen with the anger or the frustration or the 
hey, you know, this, that has to change or why didn't we do this or whatever. And some of it is fair and valid. Yeah, some, some stuff does have to change, which we'll get on to. Yeah. I mean, like ultimately, Canada are through second in the group. Now, the plus point of that, I would say, Zach, which I think some folk will probably have missed in that, no is that no, the Whitecaps oh. will now get Ali Ahmed back for two MLS games and uh, the League Cup game against Leon, because Canada is getting spanked by the US on Sunday. So we'll get uh, Ali back. He's been one of the brightest spots. <laughs> he has. Wow. Him and Shuffleboard, I Shuffleboard? think, have, yeah. You, I know, because I know you've seen him play tons and yeah. I haven't seen him play live hardly at all. But um, he, especially, well, I mean, everyone played better against Cuba, and Cuba has obviously been the whipping boys of the group. But um, yeah, he's he looked he looked like he belongs. Yeah, good defensive play today against Cuba, getting forward. And he I'm, was he was on that left. He was like a left back, wasn't he? Technically, yeah. I yeah. I liked him though in the first game where he was a number eight. I think he really excelled in that as well. He actually got player of the game against Guadeloupe. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I like that as much as I do it as in left back, especially when you have no Sam and no Alfonso. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he, I I did see some folks saying, "Oh, he's such a bright spot. Oh, he'll definitely be one of the ones that that's in the Canadian squad going forward." And folk were like, "He's not ready to be a starter." And it's like, no one's saying a starter no, in the squad in, coming in the squad. off the bench. Like for example, you know, I think he's. Uh, now you could say because he's in the squad he's already surpassed him but for me he's surpassed someone like who's had an up and down couple of years like a raheem Stur uh raheem sterling raheem edwards <laughs> sorry for has, has he made raheem. the switch no raheem raheem edwards right yeah. like he's, he was a guy who i always thought okay could have a chance based on his league form especially i think it was last year um even though his team was not doing well um but it seems like someone like Ali Admed with his uh, his pace and his uh, um, and his drive forward and like you said his uh, ability to play multiple positions and contribute offensively and def defensively I think has you know definitely earned himself you know a uh, a chance to be in a full Canadian squad for let's say like a World Cup qualifier, which obviously we won't have for many years, but like in a, in the next full yeah. competitive squad, you know what I mean? Or well, or, for, or for him, even just thinking, like you got to think he's he, no matter what happens the rest of the way, he's leaving this thinking, I better not make any plans for the summer of 2026. Yep. I mean, not that he would anyways, because if he's in MLS, he is. He is well, not, but... we've got Copa America coming. He should oh, make yeah, plans for. Him. That's the next one, yeah, right? Should be plans yeah. for the summer of twenty four, I would think. I mean, th there are some positives to take, which are that some of these young guys have got experience in a big tournament, and obviously Canada, it's it's a B team. It's like there's there's no getting away from that. The star guys, the top scorers, they're, they're all missing. So this was a chance for some players to seize their moment, show that they belong there. I think some have possibly shown that either their time has come. Uh, in Canadian colours, Borian, possibly Vittoria? Yeah, the problem with Vittoria is unlike some other positions, is there's who's going to take his spot? Is Bombito, yeah. is Kennedy ready? Is, you know, I didn't, I didn't think Bombito has had a great appearances so far, but I, to be fair, I wasn't fully just watching him. I was 
yeah. kind of watching the rest and they, of the and game. They, but, and they played him in midfield a bunch too, right? Yeah. So it's not even like they played him at center back the whole time. But I mean, they're, 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 there's no getting away that it hasn't been fantastic. And playing the US in the quarterfinals. Now, this is when I switched one soccer off tonight. Now, I'll preface this by saying I really like Andy Petrillo. I think she's excellent and she's got good analysis. But when it throws back to the studio after that and after finishing second and she's like, John Herdman, the first coach to take them to three yeah, quarterfinals. World Cup quarterfinals, it's like, yeah, if you're trying to clutch positives from that, I'm switching off now. Because... Yes, it's an achievement, but you've come through a group that involved Cuba, Guatemala, and Guadeloupe. So it's not that great an achievement. This would be I, when I, I went on the call again and would say, is your message that you haven't achieved anything yet, John? And then I'll get blocked again for another year and a half. When I heard that, because I heard the same thing as you did, I, I wasn't, I was just like, yeah, okay, she's, I guess back in the day we might have said she was spin, trying to put spin on it, yeah. right? But it, it it wasn't that horrible. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I, don't, I, I understand I'd come home from work. It was grumpy. It was probably that just played into it. I'd, I'd put a lot of money in Cuba to win. That's that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got carried away when they pulled that goal back. <laughs> I was like, hey, we'll be able to afford this house, Caitlin. Watch, we'll put all our money on Cuba in the second half. But... D- d- before we move on to some of the other stuff about this, do you see them having any chance against this US team that is also a B team, but is... I know they struggled against Jamaica, but they they certainly look like they, they are playing as a team and a better team than Canada. Uh, well, I haven't really watched much of the US in the tournament, um, but I, I guess my hope would be that just playing the US would help them raise their game, you know, them as individuals, as individuals and as a collective. Uh, Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm not uh, like, unlike you with Cuba, I'm not putting any money on it. Um, Oh, I've never bet in Canada. And and just like you don't bet on East Fife. It's like, and no, yeah, no one, I don't think there's any expectations, but uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I like I'm a that. little bit apprehensive about what might happen. No, I like that they're playing them so quickly after that final, even though the teams are drastically different. Um, I think for John and the staff, it allows for them to, let's say, shape things in a way that um, might be helpful for the, the few players who are overlapping for those two games. But, um, but I mean, yeah. if you look at the US and qualifying, they had two 6-0 victories against St. Kitts and Nevis and Trinidad and Tobago. So four teams they had to play and they still managed to put up 12 goals. There you go. Classic. Three against each one. Yeah. And Julian Gressel came on as a sub in that uh, Trinidad game and got a nice assist and looked really, really sharp as well. So I was pleased for him. Haven't actually watched Jamaica, so I don't know how Javain's done for them, but obviously they have got through as well. Did you watch them of your own accord? I, I did, because I was going to do that joke, because if if Canada had won the group, they would have been playing Jamaica off their own accord, but that never got to happen. Guatemala are the, the group winners after that. 
I mean, Canada hasn't been the only team that's had a couple of, or, or there's been some shock results because Qatar beat Mexico and qualified. <laughs> your boys from your, your time in December. You, they hold a special place in your heart. <laughs> uh, no, not really. Um, yeah, yeah, they have done better than some people expected for sure. But who, I just fast forward to the Mexico game, but it's like, whew. who on this continent though wants them to advance? Uh, good question. People from Qatar, there was a few folk in the crowd. <laughs> I think, I don't know if they were paid to go there or if it was like proper people. But, <laughs> well, remember, they it's not like they're uh, it's not like they're short any money, money, you know, the 300. Thousand Qataris who live in Qatar or whatever they yes they've done they've done quite well with the the resources of their region. Of well, the country. I'm pretty sure Concacaf are pleased that they they went through because it did seem stupid that they were in it, but now they can justify it by going, look, this is this is why we yeah. had it. They're a good team. Or on the other hand, you can turn around and go, look how shit Concacaf is. Qatar have qualified. Yeah, it's kind of a that's an unfortunate way to look at it. But it's true. Yeah, but that that is something else I was going to talk about, which, I mean, we've talked about this many years over the show. You can talk about the Canadian depth not being there, but CONCACAF as a, as a, as a continent, as a, a governing body, the area, the, the depth is just not there to help bring the teams to the level that they need to get to. And... Canada playing games like this, it's not going to help them get up their rankings to, to get the experience against the top teams. Well, the Guadeloupe game doesn't even count for FIFA, yeah. which is unhelpful. Which is possibly good since they dropped two points. Right, yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. I mean, I, I still would be all in favour of CONCACAF and Com the ball merging. No. I would maybe uh, worry what that would mean for Canada in the long term, but you'd be having way better games and way better opposition. Yes, you would. If we talk about Canada's depth now, so obviously pretty much the B team, it's an older team. There's a lot of guys in the 30s. I was pleased that David Witherspoon got a run out in the second game. But then we saw a couple of young guys coming on. It was good to see Dominic Zator, Victor Latouri getting on today. It's an interesting mix because when it's a young squad, you do obviously need to have the older heads in there. Moving forward, we don't know what the next couple of windows are going to look like in terms of are we getting these friendly games or not. But what have you made of the depth in this tournament? Is there any players that you've seen that you're thinking, I don't know that they are really at this level that we need right now? Um, uh, I think it's been good for all those who've been able to take part. Like I, I, I know I don't, I don't think, well, especially gold cup level. I don't think anyone's been, been horrible. I think I, I know I spoke very harshly and critically of, um, uh, Jonathan Rosario's inclusion in the starting lineup for the final of the Nations League 
And I think for the most part, and obviously, especially against Cuba, he has kind of stepped up and shown, you know, you know what he can bring and what he can do and how he can lead, especially in a, in a group with so many young players. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. shown a lot better than Cavallini. Yeah. Well, I just, I think his stock's just going down and down and down. Why? I mean, he he did, he set up uh, Osura for the goal today and, you know, we know they're longtime good friends. I mean, I, I've said on the show before, I just don't really rate uh, Cavallini because I don't think his football IQ uh, is is at the... He's not on the level as the starters in the, in the, in the full national team no. by, by any stretch of the imagination. And he picked up a booking as well. Which well, nice. that's that's unsurprising. You probably you should have had money on that, maybe. Yeah, that's what you um, should be betting on. Yeah, but um, no, I, I think... like uh, I think... Ali, Ali, Ali is the guy who stands out by far in yeah. terms of the 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 ones that uh, are newer to the program or newer to getting caps or or getting time or whatever. And they're really happy for him. Um, I'm always, I always confuse them get their get their names. Who, who scored the other goal? Was it Nelson? Nelson got it today. Yeah, he yeah, got the right. third one, I think. Yeah, he. So you know, feel good for him. Uh, you know, to get that kind of contribution to score at, at this stage, I think for him will be, you know, confidence boosting. And um, yeah, Bombito, again, I don't think he's necessarily been amazing, but I think there's potential there. Same with was, uh, Zach McGraw. Yeah. Actually, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know him well either. No, I don't either, but he he didn't look too out of place. No. Um, Zator's got a little bit of time. Yep. Laturi. I like, obviously, obviously, I like him. Laturi, yeah. Uh, the CPL guys feel great for them. It, it shows, uh, despite some of the some of the yes. Uh, let's get on know, to the, that. Like some of the critics that have said, you know, the the Canadian Premier League uh, adds nothing to the football development of our country, which is one of the most. If you want to criticize the league, that's one of the least ways you could criticize yeah, the like, league. Fight, criticize the CSB deal. Criticize aspects of the league, but the yeah. one thing you cannot say is that it is not a breeding ground to develop young Canadian talent. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, 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 the, it's the main place that these players are going to get to develop the young guys. Yeah. In the same way that, like the the MLS as a league said, yeah, we we need to have a second league. We need to have a place for for f- more players on our squads to actually play matches. Uh, we need to expand that. Yeah, we as a country had no other than those teams playing in the American League. We had no place. Right, we had no places uh, down to like whatever you know, lead the league ones, um, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could also argue that it took ten to fifteen years for MLS to fully see the effect of those players becoming stalwarts and staples of the the national team. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them did it once they went overseas and came back, but they cut their teeth and they developed in MLS. Oh, yeah. And it did maybe take 10 to 15 years to get the full output of that. And you've, Folk have got to remember that the CPL is five years old. Yeah. And before that, there was nothing. Yeah. How, like, the majority of the players playing this league w- would not have footballing careers. And a few of them would be playing overseas and you would never have heard of them or known them. Yeah. And, yeah, they'd be in like fifth tier in Germany or third tier in Finland. and Yeah, or, or hopefully for some of them higher. But... Um, or, or, yeah, five. Or, or like uh, like even some of the guys who retired early in the league because the wages are so low. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember the guys from, uh, from York. Um, oh, it feels like there's been so many. There's been two or three of them. Anyways, 
like they would have done that. They would have said, okay, I can be a, you know, an accountant, a lawyer or whatever, and, and have a better, you know, quality of life in the short and long term. So I'm going to go do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you can't, you can't criticize the league on, on those merits. Cause the, one of our problem is, is, uh, like one of the things that we, again, we won't, like you said, we won't see until things go get further on the road is just developing a larger pool and larger competition for players. Right. And then, and then obviously finding those who are of the, the highest standard, you know, to, to actually make a full breakthrough. Just to end our Canada chat, um, th- this was a question that was posed to us by our good friend Aussie, Chilino Thoughts. Mm. And this is something that I have seen debated a lot on the various social media and Discord channels and, and things in the last couple of weeks. So Aussie says, should Herdman be replaced because he appears to be getting outcoached? And who should replace him if we had the money to pay them? So there's a, there's a couple of aspects of that one being if they get rid of Herdman they'll have to pay money to him and they have not got the money that they can pay to him if they haven't got money for other stuff right now so if we take that out of the equation as to whether they can afford to get rid of John Herdman should he be replaced has he been out coached it has felt in some of the recent games that yes he has been yeah, yeah, I've seen some of this discussion from, uh, you know, fans to, you know, pseudo media people espousing uh, these these same thoughts. I think, I I don't think he should be uh, at this point. I think, to be honest, Mike, I feel like he deserves, obviously not um, with total immunity. But it feels like barring some catastrophic things, and I don't think this is at a catastrophic level, in my opinion, he deserves the chance to be the coach for the Home World Cup, um, especially with the qualification for 2022. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think, even if you want to say he's been outcoached in some or all of these games, I, I don't think you, I don't think that that strips him of the right to continue in the job uh, in this moment anyways. Um, I think what your the perspective about the finances is, is an extremely valid one, uh, and is is very important to you know where things are with our federation. I don't know, maybe you do, Mike. I don't know the terms of his deal or the length and all that kind of stuff, but I don't I don't I, think I'm you'll... sure it was extended to just the end of the 26 World Cup. Yeah, so I don't see our federation being in a place to say, oh yeah. Uh, we're not happy. We're going to move on, right? Like, is yeah, they cannot afford it, right? Uh, one one of the questions we need to get answered in this, Mike, and maybe maybe you know, and I've missed it, is did things get settled with with Iran? Do you know what? I don't know because that's, a, that's another huge financial issue. Yeah, that it's one of, one of the things that you want to ask, but you never get the, the opportunity not to ask it. And the yeah. folk that did have the opportunity haven't asked it. No, yeah. So that is, that is a very because that because I remember thing. at the time it was like that's a seven eight it was eight it was an eight figure an eight figure potential lawsuit right like but you also have to imagine as well like the postponed game against Panama, Panama is going to have been due money from that as well, and then there was yeah. no gate receipts to to cover what Panama were going to be yep. getting for coming here. 
So yeah, because they, they gave, they gave all that money back, right? Because they yeah. gave that money back, the, the tickets. So, yeah. So yeah, th- those are other other issues. But so yeah, I don't think they're in a place financially. But if if we were to entertain the hey, who would you like coaching, coaching the Canadian men's national team at this moment? I haven't really thought about it much. But so actually, let me listen to what you say, and then I'll I'll think about all you talk. I have a couple of names in my mind, but I want to hear what you say. See, for me, I, I think it does come down to money. What I would say though is these big. CONCACAF Nations League games, the the two-legged quarterfinals that's coming up in November. If Canada don't get through that and Canada don't get to to go to Copa Copa America, he has to go. It's like at that stage, you need that change. My worry with Herdman is that he's possibly taken the group as far as he maybe can, do they maybe need a fresh voice, a, a, a new new thoughts in their ear, new tactics? Because some of the of Canada's tactics, some of the formations, and we've talked about this before, it's like shoehorning in the players you want because you want to get the attacking guys on the pitch, so you'll somehow make a, a, a formation that works for that. And yeah, that's great when you're going to... St. Kitts and Nevis or Barbados or something like that, you can do that and run the score up. But when you're playing the, the top nations, yeah. many of whom have been stung and wanting to try and get back, it's like, I, I do feel we are let down a little bit by our tactics with it, with this national team at times. I also think you would have managers queuing up to take over because you've got a team that is guaranteed to be in a World Cup that's guaranteed to be a home team at a World Cup. You've got Copa America on the horizon. You've got other big tournaments as well. There's managers all around the world that would want to to do this. A lot of people, when they talk about this and bringing in an international manager, they point at somebody like Gus Hudink and what he's achieved by going from clubs to, to various countries around the world. I don't know that anyone immediately jumps out at me uh, as somebody that that would take over. I don't think that necessarily it matters if they know the Canadian game that much because so many of our top players are playing in Europe. I would want it to be somebody that has been there and done that. And by that, I mean won championships in one of the top four leagues, ideally, around the world somebody that's had success in club competitions like the Champions League or Europa League. Yeah. Just like somebody that's been able to get success. Yeah, if money wasn't an issue, uh, I would... The, when, when you first said the, posed the question to me, the, the one name that jumped to mind because he, he does have a, a Canadian connection and his name gets brought up lots in especially in this part of the country, is Carlo does begin, Ancelotti. Yeah, does he begin with a C, I was going to say? Yeah. yeah Carlo I Ancelotti. Mean, he, he's getting on a bit now. Yeah, but that's not as bad for national, like, for national sides. I uh, mean, like, like, if I was picking, who would I love? Someone like Pep Guardiola. Oh, what? That's Yeah, that's crazy. Though. I know, but it's like, I'm, that's what I'm just saying. If money was no yeah. object and you want somebody that's got it, it's like, oh yeah, I'll cut my teeth internationally with this team that's going to be at a World Cup. That that kind of name would obviously be fantastic, but a little bit far fetched. 
I mean, you're possibly talking about somebody that's maybe one in one in Spain, one in Italy. I I don't know. I mean, maybe even German coach, but you'd have a better knowledge of who that could possibly be. Yeah, but I uh, see all the German coaches are like these, for the most part, are these young up and coming kind of dudes. And the Bundesliga has also has a bunch of pretty good Swiss coaches. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, see, I don't, I can't see any of them being like a a fit. Um, I yeah, mean, ideally, to... you would want somebody that has managed at international level, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I think yeah. if if it's somebody that is successful, but managing at club level. And managing a country level is so different because you go from day to day, hands on with all your players every day. To yeah, and that's but that's where someone like a couple of times a year. That's where someone like I think Carlo Ancelotti, you know, he he could do that. You know what I mean? Like he he could make that adjustment without having been in the in the national team frame, as far as I can remember. I mean, there's there's no Canadians that jump out at me. Well, this is another problem, though, right? Or one of the problem. This is another one of the issues that some people in our country have. Is like, why don't we have a Canadian doing it? And yeah, part of the reason for that. I mean, I mean, an easy, an easy, simple name would be someone like, like Mark DeSantos, right? Like he would love to be national team yeah. manager from there. And That's he almost is. was at one point. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so yeah, but. I think that would that might not be that might be harder for people to swallow than maybe for the players or or maybe it would be for them too. Um but um yeah. I I, I, I can just imagine White Cats fans yelling. Yeah, exactly. Whatever they're listening on this one going, What? Um Well I I guess the one thing maybe potentially gets marked that I know you've talked about in the past is uh and I didn't I didn't get to experiences with him in his time in Vancouver because I wasn't really at training in those days, but is, yeah, I, I think you maybe have described him to me maybe as being a bit on the older school style yeah. of management, or is that might not work as well with uh, this current generation, although he's done very well, you know, as an assistant coach working with younger generation. So, um, yeah. Because, I mean, the thing is, Usually, if or, or or sorry, what let's do this? Or what about Mauro Biello? Right, he's on John's staff. Well, see, that I see, I was a way to say, usually you would look at who's taking charge of like the under 23s or the under 20s, and yeah. you'd look, is there someone from there that we could promote in? And I don't know that anyone there is better than what John Herdman's going to bring to this squad because John knows these players and he yeah. knows this squad. So, unless you're going to really dig deep and pay to bring in a a big name in the managerial game. I, I don't know what, what you do in that situation and we know the money's not there. Yeah. Can we can we talk about one more one thing about the money that moves off the coaching? Yeah, because I was gonna kinda I just remembered something that we should probably touch on. But what what were you gonna say? Well I was gonna I forgot to send this link to you and to talk to you about but Jason DeVos came out this week and Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, okay. So Jason DeVos, um uh I have I have a lot of time for him, despite uh from time to time disagreeing with some of his takes as a commentator. Um yeah, I I've I've quite a bit of time for him and I really appreciate um his uh honesty 
and also his like he this week he did something that I we see very rarely in in football, right? So he did the whole interview with Westwood Westhead, whatever his name is, uh, from that that organization that that won't put Canadian football on the network, <laughs> and um and he's in he minute he mentioned hey you know like in my role I have asked the question about what 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 would bankruptcy look like for us just because I wanted to know every possibility right anyways I heard him this week uh given an, another interview uh on on footy prime the podcast you can edit that out if that's not appropriate but oh um, no it's a great podcast I so, highly recommend um, folk listen to it and and a couple of things I want to say about this Michael and again I'm sorry I didn't message you to uh, message this to you um like I have with some of the other things on this topic but um he basically said, look, I've played 500 games of football in my life over over that. He's like, not one of them, not one of them did I play perfect. Every single one, I made a mistake. I, I missed something. I didn't do something I was supposed to do. He's like, and he's like, I just want to say like, yeah, in that interview that I gave, he's like, I, I, I didn't fully, didn't fully say what was, you know, what was going on or didn't like, yeah, he's like, we're not pursuing bankruptcy. He's like, I just looked at it. He's like, I should have made that more clear. And I think subsequently other people have come and said like the CSA would never file for bankruptcy because they don't owe anyone any money. Yeah. Uh, the players which was, might just, which was an aspect that we didn't touch on. Yeah. We talked about this so, last week, but yeah, so they're, they're not in debt. They're not in debt. The players might disagree about that, but yeah, exactly. They're not, they're Iran not in, might as well, but yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, so, and, and the crazy thing, if you listen to that interview, Michael, is uh, honestly it just reminded me of like how significant and important like relationships are in with this whole setup i mean in life in general but with this with our national teams because uh, honestly and, and you can correct me or other people can rebuke me on this but there's not a lot in my opinion of what he said that is actually that different than what the last regime said in terms of content saying hey we need to further the, the the game we need to take care of our players we need to take care of grassroots we need to take of all these things that we're responsible for as a federation and we only have finite amount finite amount of money and so we need to do something that honors our players but also enables us to run those programs to a level so that one national team level players will want to keep playing for us but also that our youth uh, our youth system has those same levels so that young in internationals will come to a camp um, and we hopefully have many and they come to a camp and they say, yeah, this, this is top notch. I want to be here. Like mm -hmm. they're, they got their stuff together. And so um, again, he, if you can listen to it, Mike, but he, for me, didn't really say things that are that differently, but he spoke from a place of relationship with the men's team and the men, the men, the men's players and coaches. And he spoke about the women's team from having been their coach with relationship there and relationship with their coaches. And it was just like, I don't know, one, it gave me, gave me a lot of hope. And two, it just reminded me of how significant that is. Uh, we've talked about this in other situations in football about how important it is to have the trust and to have like honesty um, so that you can continue to pursue excellence and, and help the game move forward. Cause if you don't have that, you can't do that. Yeah. And and but seriously, uh, I encourage you to listen to it and see if maybe I'm wrong. But I just felt I felt like 
There's nothing he's saying here that's rocket science. It's not like he said, hey, I got a new thing or, hey, I found some money or I found a way for us to save money or whatever. No, he said pretty much the same things. We have we have a massive job. We have a little limited amount of funds and we need to figure out the best way to do this. And he's like, it's my goal to do that as openly and as honestly as possible and to help this all move forward. And I don't think there's anything more you can ask. Um and I guess maybe he doesn't have the stain of maybe being a part of uh, being a part of the CSB deal in a direct sort of way. And so maybe that's the one thing that but I also think relationally, I think he has a connection to these players uh, on both the men's and women's team that will help get something done. Yeah. So that this can move forward. Because, I mean, when they were talking about who the new president should be, he was somebody that I put forward as who I would like to see for those very reasons. He's got those relationships He's been on both sides of it, and he knows how things work. Yeah. And like, I, I'm kind of piecing together what we want to do during the League's Cup break, and I've got Jason DeVos as someone I'd like to get on the show, so obviously get you on, put my chat to him about stuff as well. We'd love to, to do that, because we know Jason. He badly damaged my ribs in the first media match at BC Place. <laughs> he still owes me for that, I think, so coming on the show would be what he needs to do. Apparently, I was too fast, so that was him slowing me down. Now, this is me that is shit at football. I don't and think not, I needed to do that. And you're not very fast, I don't think. Either. No, I was getting past him. He wasn't very fast either. <laughs> I I am good at, from a, a standing position at putting on a great burst of speed for like three seconds, but then it all goes. <laughs> but yeah, so he owes us. So um, we hope to have uh, John and Jay Herdman on as well during that time, so we can cover it all. All avenues of that. But I think that is it pretty much for our Canada soccer chat. And that is it pretty much for the football chat as well. We'll finish though, as we always do in the show with this episode's wavelength. And I've done this one for you, Zach. It's a German band. Skinheads. Oh my. Anti-fascist skinheads. Okay. Uh, they're called Stage Bottles. It's a German band formed in 1993 in Frankfurt, still going strong, celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. This is a song from their 2004 album called New Flag, and it's a song all about something deep in our hearts, getting rid of the money men, getting rid of the parasites that just fill football around the world just now. And this is their song, Kick Out the Parasites. Disappear for 
Nobody caught criminals Not caught for behavior Punishment Conformity means to consume the way of God's wages Shut up and pay our prices Over a hundred years ago City quarters founded football clubs Expression of the community And ways of fighting entities Such as of solidarity What about me? Am I just a currency? What about us? Let's make a fuss Cause personal relationships Disappear for championships It's a sellout That's what it bottles there from frankfurt germany kick out the parasites got a few songs i'm gonna kind of bring this month on that theme getting rid of the money people that spoiling the game getting the fans reclaiming the game against modern football all that kind of stuff so we've got a few of those ones coming up but that is it for this episode of the aftn soccer show just before we go zach any Final thoughts, anything funny caught your eye this week? Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, well, if, this is coming out this week. Uh, yeah, Vancouver FC is playing uh, the Wanderers from Halifax. Friday night, 7 o'clock. Yes, I'm hoping to catch up with uh, Patrice Geyser, who I've been wanting to speak to that's for a, a whole that's, season. That's the manager, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and and so if that means Michael's going to be there, you can see if he can extend his perfect record. Well, it was nice that they played into the valley. Somebody captured it and sent it to me again nice. with hardly anyone in the stadium. I think it's hard to tell at some of the games. I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but yeah, it was not a not a great crowd. Mm. But, but those who, but those who were there thirdly enjoyed themselves, which is yes more important. Oh, especially Maybe not more especially important, the but... York fans, yeah. <laughs> um, I, okay, I got a story for you later when we're done. Okay. Um, I I just want to finish by saying I don't know if you saw this tweet that I I put out Zach this week. I, I was catching up with the weekend's League One BC action. Gideon mm-hmm. was over in Victoria for the Highlanders Harborside game. So the game of the week. Yeah. Oh nice. So. I, I was watching it, Gideon doing a great job on the featured commentary. But I had to tweet out something that happened, I think it was in the 63rd minute. 
because what they've got, they've gone for sideline reporters. It's basically BCIT students trying to learn the craft and stuff. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's been pretty hit or miss. Mostly misses with some of them. And there was an injury to one of the Victoria guys and Gideon threw to the sideline reporter. And it was as if he thought he was an old-time radio. He was describing what had happened. And he's like, the number two is on the ground just now. He seems to have taken a bit of a rough tumble. Um, the man in the red shirt wearing red is attending to him. Uh, he's helping him up now. Now he's helping him off the pitch. And it's going to be a penalty kick, I believe. Yes, it's going to be a penalty. It was a free kick outside the box, for one thing. Yeah. But he just talked through all this. But my favourite thing was when Gideon threw to him saying, so what can you see down there? And he's like, well, what I can see, well, it's quite far away. It's comedy gold. If you haven't seen it, check my Twitter. It, I, I'm sorry to rag on the guy, but oh, man. Standards. It's a standards-based league. There's a lot of standards not being met. I'll have an article about that at the end of the season. But give us a follow on Twitter at AFD in Canada. Always, of course, on YouTube, youtube.com backslash AFD in Canada. If you've liked the podcasts, give us a nice review. Say nice things about us. If you haven't enjoyed it, we've been Footy Prime. And just leave a, a review there. But we will be back with another episode soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Mon the Caps and Ali La Rouge. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.